and welcome to season three of the Cleverly Changing podcast. Our podcast is all about learning how to educate your kids. I'm one of the hosts, Elle Cole, and this is episode 44. Today's episode is a little different. I had a conversation with author and historian Janice Adams, who interviewed today's special guest, David Cavins, MBA and graphic designer for Alien Muffin. David spoke to us about how he is teaching his daughters about the stock market. You can hear more broadcasts with me and Janice on Mondays on my Facebook page at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're not familiar with this podcast, let me tell you who I am. I am an entrepreneur, mom to twin girls, and this podcast is not only for parents who homeschool their children, but it is for all parents who want to supplement their child's education. Our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly, so please remember to subscribe and share. If you want to keep this podcast going, consider supporting it by donating via our Patreon page at a low monthly cost. Visit patreon.com slash cleverlychanging. And if you want links to everything I shared, please visit our show notes page at cleverlychanging.com. It's now time for the word of the episode. Feta means money in Swahili. Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order. I am Janice Adams at janiceadams.com. I am also the publisher of Backpacks Kids materials, anti-racist materials, just good travel and adventure, engaging kids in history and culture materials. I'm an author and historian and also the mother of twin daughters. And we're here for Mondays Live with Elle and Janos. Yes, so we have a guest who is sitting right next to me. So that means that I know the guest very well. And our guest today is David Cavins, and he's my husband, so I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about himself. Uh, I'm her husband. (laughs) I'm not sure what else I need to say. Well, and you are the father of? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a father of twins, so we're all alike in some ways. And I asked for today's session because I had heard the wonderful news that David had actually begun their daughters um, in their financial literacy, and they are 11. And I just thought that was wonderful. When, When I was in fifth grade, 
I remember my fifth grade teacher teaching us fractions and decimals by following our stocks in the New York Times stock pages. And, and so it was a throwback to that, but to actually have stocks and to actually understand it from a financial point at that same age is a phenomenal gift. And so I just wanted to know more about how the two of you are doing that and what's happening with it. How'd you get the idea, David? Um, so I can remember when I was a kid, probably in like fifth or sixth grade, they taught us about the stock market at a high level, like just conceptually what it is. And they had us pick a stock and follow it for a week. So I followed Walmart. Um, and I think I might've followed Amazon or some other stock. And at the time I paid attention. I learned what I needed to learn, but I never thought that this was something I could actually do myself. Cause you know, at that time the stock was a couple hundred dollars. And so I assumed I couldn't afford to do it and I could not do it. And, if you ever notice the marketing and that's put out from some of the major like investment companies, it's not targeted to someone that looks like me or even a younger version of me, not even, no, not to me at all. So that marketing kind of led me to believe, yeah, I don't need to worry about this. But then maybe like five or six years ago, a friend of mine was like, you need to buy these stocks because you have the potential to make a lot of money. And so I did. And after I did it, I've always been a person who, if I learn something, then why don't I just teach my kids? Because it's easier for me to teach them as soon as I learn it than to kind of hold on to it and wait or just not tell them or whatever. So as soon as I learn something, I tell my kids. Um, a few months ago, when the whole pandemic thing started, um, my friend called me and told me, hey, the stock market's going down. Now's a, time to, a good time to buy because everything is going to be cheap. I forgot about it. I didn't do it. But then in April, I remembered and I use an app called Cash App for paying people. But in there, you can also buy stocks. And so I went on there and bought some stocks. And then the same day, I was like, well, I need to teach the girls how to do this and everything about this. So what I did was I had basically $100 set aside for each of them. And I told them, do some research based on what you know about what's happening now in the market, in the country, in the news and everything, I want you to pick out stocks to buy that'll add up to $100. We're gonna buy whatever stocks you pick and then we're just gonna follow them and see what happens. And uh, I didn't give them any advice about which ones to pick or anything like that, but I just told them they would have to pitch their stocks to me. And if I agreed with their decision, if they convinced me that it was a good idea, I would buy them. If they didn't, I wouldn't buy them. And so they, they pitched their stocks to me and I ended up buying like 90% of the stuff they told me to buy. And thus far, they, they gave me good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, in, we, we don't need to know specifically which stocks you bought because obviously you're not here to give stock advice or to take the consequences. <laughs> so, but you said that you asked the girls to, you know, really do to really look at why they wanted the stocks that they wanted based on what they knew of what was going on at this time. What did they know? What did they draw upon to decide what stocks were good for them? So 
I want to say at the beginning, I gave them a quick example. I forget what example I gave them, but I told them, think about what people are using a lot of now. Think about what maybe people aren't using at all right now because of what's going on. And think about companies that you utilize and are interested in. So that was, and that's kind of the same thing, advice I was given when I got into the stock market. People always told me, just buy stuff you know about. Because if I'm, I'm, I do software development, so I know a lot about the software development companies and which companies are doing well and things like that, just because it's part of my job. And so it's easy for me to invest in those companies because if something's going wrong, I probably know about it just because I have to as my job. And I gave them the kind of the same advice because they're, you know, they're kids. They watch videos on YouTube. They're, they see that we're not going to the grocery store as frequently. So they see us ordering stuff off the internet more frequently from Amazon or wherever else. And so based on that, you could figure out some things to buy. Mm -hmm. And what did they understand about what a stock is and what its relationship to a company is? So I spent some time trying to explain that to them. Uh, I think they understand it now, uh, but it, it's, it's obviously a more complicated concept. But I basically told them, basically, you're just buying a piece of the company. The company's selling pieces of itself to you so that they can afford to do whatever, whatever it is they want to do. And so you have the opportunity to buy a piece, opportunity to buy a piece. And if they offer dividends, you get a piece of the profit as well. And if they go up, your piece is worth more. So you can sell your piece for more. So that's how I basically explained it to them. Um, just like, you know, pieces of a pie. Mm -hmm. And they seemed to pick it up pretty frequent, pretty easily because we, at the same time, we were going over fractions and decimals and things like that. So it was all kind of related together. And that's one of the things I think is useful is when you're talking about fractions and decimals and stuff like that, some of these abstract concepts in math, if you can relate it to something realistic, then your kids may be able to understand it better because a stock is just a fraction of a company that you're following. And, you know, it makes it more interesting if I can follow my stock and pay attention to that fraction and not just this abstract fraction, 15 sixteenths or whatever that's on my paper that I have to do for school. What was kind of the most sophisticated thing that they did that surprised you? So I, I want to say something about that. And for me with the girls, I was surprised because he's really spearheading this on his own, but they did tell me about why they chose some of the stocks. And I thought it was very sophisticated thinking on their part mm -hmm. because they didn't just choose companies that were like toy companies. They were thinking about this from a real practical standpoint. And one of my girls actually told me, she was like, I was trying to think of things that I had to use before the pandemic and I still need them now. So they didn't have any effect. It didn't have any effect from the pandemic at all. So she was trying to look for things that were sustainable regardless of what was happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was pretty profound and it taught me something. So I just was like, wow, this is actually a good thing that, that he's doing. Mm -hmm. it, it yeah, is. definitely help them do some uh, critical thinking. Yeah, life thinking. So, one of the, I'm sorry, to answer your question, you were asking about one of the things they did. Um, so one of the more complicated things that I went over with them was, because a couple weeks, or last week, Tesla and Apple split. So basically, you owned one stock, 
instead of only one stock now, that stock is technically four stocks or five stocks. And so we went over how splits work. And then a lot of this, I was kind of, as I was teaching them, I was asking them questions like, okay, so right now, let's say for instance, Apple is about to split. Would it make sense for me to buy more Apple stock or not? And then based on their answer, I would let them decide what they wanted to do with their stocks. Or let's say, you know, the country is gradually opened back up and people want to travel more. Does it make sense for me to buy stock in American or Southwest? You tell me. And then I let them make those decisions. And then, of course, we're only playing with a little bit of money right now. So if we lose money, it's not a big deal. But it lets them kind of see how the whole thing works. But it would seem like still a big deal because even if it's a little bit of money or a lot of money, it's still a percentage of their money that right. is in flux that they will or will not have access to. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are little people <laughs> as well as <laughs> the size of the, the money. Um, have their friends, have you heard from their friends about what they're doing? I have not, I have to ask. Okay. Okay. And, and your friends, um, are they aware of what you're doing with your girls? So I was actually talking to my brother and my brother-in-law about it. And both of them, well, it might be my brother basically got into investing in stocks around the same time I started teaching them. So I was telling him, you should probably teach your son because it's an easy way to give them that knowledge and, you know, I thought about it, like, if I had bought two shares of Amazon back when I was 15, I would be like a thousandaire now. I would have a lot of extra money. Mm -hmm. But, of course, I didn't because I just didn't know and I didn't think I could. So I think that's one thing uh, I was talking to my brother about is, like, a lot of this stuff is not, if you watch the ads on TV or whatever, you see an ad from, like, Charles Schwab or someone, they are not marketing to you. But that doesn't mean it's not something you should consider trying to do or look into just because they're not marketing to you. So um, I was telling him, like, get into it if you can and make your kid aware of it. Um, I've tried to, for the most part, make my kids aware of how money works and credit and all that stuff works. Even since they were little, not just the stock market, because a lot of that information is stuff when I've hung around other people in college and stuff like that, I realized a lot of them had no clue and they were just getting into more trouble than it was worth. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking at your shirt and I see your shirt says racism is petty. And um, that kind of stopped me when we were talking before. And I'm thinking about that in the context of who you're saying they are marketing to and what, you know, and what we need to do, whether we, whether they're marketing to us or not. But I would say, what else does this tell you about what children should be learning young for their own financial stability and wherewithal? I mean, you as, as a couple, you're both very entrepreneurial. What What is this life lesson? I would say for me, 
Um, one thing I realized is a lot of people will assume that kids only need to learn certain things at certain times. Like we can teach them about credit cards and that stuff when they're old enough to get their first job. But we'll teach them about, I don't know, how to fix a car when they're 16 and they get their first car, things like that. But from my perspective, I always think the best time to teach them is when they're interested. And so I told my kids I was buying stocks. They were like, what is that? So, okay, I'm going to tell you and we're going to learn about this. I don't think it's necessarily something that you have to wait till a specific time to teach them. Um, and I think, like I was kind of saying earlier, a lot of this information is, as I'm learning it, I'm teaching it to them. Or as I'm learning more about it, I'm teaching it to them. And I think that's helpful too, because they can learn along with me. I remember um, a few years back, I was buying a car or wanted to buy a car and I was talking to my daughter about it. And the same thing happened when we were, when we were buying this house. We would talk to our kids about it. And a lot of times when you talk to your kids about things, one of the main things they're going to ask is why. And they kept asking, my daughter kept asking me, why? Why do you need to buy a new car? Why is this? Why is this? And that forced me to think through some of my decisions and come up with an answer <laughs> to justify what I was doing or explain mm -hmm. it to her. But in the process, um, not only did she learn some things, but I also learned some things and maybe it helped me, it helped me reevaluate, evaluate some of the decisions I was making and you know, made me go the right direction. So I think to answer your question, Mm -hmm. uh, teaching people, teaching someone else is a good way to learn yourself. It helps yes. you remember things and reinforce things. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm also thinking about the, the profile of the family, because here you are a family who's talking about stocks, but you're also talking about real estate because you mentioned having purchased a car. You're, your family is also very entrepreneurial in terms of what it means, not just to have a job, but to create a job and invest in your own future. I'm hearing all of that, um, especially at the time when not only is racism petty, but it is you know, being so virulently and vehemently um, espoused so that what is this going to mean, whether, whether people are crazy on racism or not, our children have to survive and have to have lives of their own. And, and I'm just really struck by the things they can do or think of, think of themselves as doing, as survival mechanisms. So that's one of the things uh, I was talking to my brother about a few months ago, um, a lot of where I am and the things that I'm able to do or feel that I'm able to do are because I saw examples when I was younger. Um, I have an uncle, several uncles who very entrepreneurial, like one of them, if you asked him what he was doing, what his job was, he would say, it depends on what time of day it is. Because during the day he had one job and then in the evenings he was doing all kinds of other things to make money. And a lot of those things have had impacts on me uh, from my parents, my other relatives, seeing them kind of break the stereotypes and do different things. Then I remember when I was younger, my mother used to allow us to see examples of people that look like me in different careers. So uh, all that to say, those gave me the idea that, hey, anything is possible. I, I don't have to just play basketball, rap, or sell drugs. I can do something else. Mm. Um, 
And then the same thing I want, that's the same thing I want for my children is I want them to be able to see me doing different things and running businesses and investing and things like that, because they, then they can say, Oh, my dad did it. He's not that great. So I can do, I can do the same thing. It's easy. And that's, that's kind of what happened with me is like, I saw other people doing it. So I was like, Oh, that's possible. I can do it. It's not a problem. Yeah. So now on your blog, I'm cleverly changing. Um, how are you expressing this kind of financial education um, to other people? So I haven't yet talked about this portion of our financial literacy with our children, but in the past, I have talked about how we believe in teaching our children about money while they're young. Because for me, I grew up in a family that wasn't good with their money. And to be honest, they really didn't understand the concept behind credit cards that credit cards were a loan, and a lot of them got into a lot of debt when it came to credit cards. And so going off to college, I was advised, do not ever get a credit card because, you know, it's going to give you really bad credit. But when I took a finance class at school, I learned you have to have credit to do some of the great things that you want to do, like buy a home. And I said, well, I shouldn't be afraid of the credit cards. I just have to use them appropriately. So I learned about the different interest rates. And I also realized that if I got a credit card and I paid off the bills by the end of the month, I wouldn't have any extra charges. And many credit cards actually give you cash back. So I get earned money by just buying things and paying off my bill before it was due. And I was like, well, this is genius. Like, it's not, it's not really something, you know, that I just need to buy stuff, everything I see. I was like, but if I'm wise about it, I can actually make money from using it. And so that, that was really what intrigued me. And with my kids, I think, you know, they're learning about finances. And on my blog, I talk about me making the decision to become a stay-at-home mom and how I was able to do that by paying off all of my debt and um, getting rid of all of my student loans. And people in my family, they were shocked that I was able to pay off my student loans because, you know, of course, you can get scholarships and things like that. But whenever you go off to school, you learn that you need money, not just for your tuition. You need money to live, to eat, to have clothes, to buy books. Mm -hmm. It's so many other expenses that come into play. And so my family were, you know, they were really surprised. They knew I had gotten scholarships, but they were surprised that I had to take out so many loans for other things. And then when I was done school, I made sure that it was a priority for me to pay those loans back. So I, I did that. And so in my community, that was almost unheard of to pay off your student loans within four years of graduating. And um, I did that before I became a mom. And so I felt like we obviously like teaching our kids, so I talk about homeschooling my kids, and I'm able to do that because I have the freedom and I'm not weighed down by money. I have more freedom to teach my kids in a way that I want to because I'm not burdened by debt. 
And so um, those type of concepts are things that I talk about on my blog. How, how did we choose our house? You know, it's really the how to, how did we purchase um, a car without, um, purchase a car in full without any sort of monthly payments and why we chose to do that. And you know, what difference that makes. We talk about like with cable, you can, you know, purchase your router so that you're not paying monthly. You know, many of these things can be purchased and we talk about um, that sort of why behind it, not having extra monthly bills and reoccurring charges, being really aware of what is coming in and what is going out and being ahead of it. So those are the type of concepts that I talk about. And, you know, just hearing him talk, I think, you know, we will... Um, go more in depth about financial literacy. I actually um, do have a podcast that um, I've partnered with a game that does financial literacy. And I partner with other people who are teaching concepts that promote the same sort of values that I have with my kids. And so that's one of the way that I share about our love for financial literacy through, you know, my blog and my podcast. Well, that's great. And you heard it here on Monday's Live with Elle and Janice. And thank you so much, David Cavins, for being part of our show today. And for Monday's Live, I'm Janice Adams. Thank you, and I am L. Cole. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Right. Bye.